Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. We got baseball in Hattiesburg this weekend, and Vol Twitter is roiled. Isn't that a word? Roiled, R-O-I-L-E-D? I, I think don't that's, know. need to Google that one to make sure I didn't, uh, didn't make that up. But, uh, yeah, got the announcement this morning about an hour earlier than we thought we were going to, but uh, Southern Miss... Um, Let's see here. Roiled. Make turbid or muddy by disturbing the sediment. Yeah, it might be a stretch. Doesn't sound, doesn't sound like where you were going. I gotta be honest with you. They are, they are all roiled up. I don't know. Whatever. Vol Twitter is something. Well, but it's not even just them. F- fans riled. are gonna be mad. Riled is the word you're looking for. No, I'm, yeah, I'm aware of riled. I don't know. Yeah. Are you? I, no, I am. Yes, I, I, I am. Well, they are that, but but fan, fans are irrational. I get it. Like the whole fan reaction mm. doesn't surprise me. There you go. It's a secondary definition. Make someone annoyed or irritated. Yes, they are roiled. Okay, they're, they're roiled. Feeling okay. better. But but it's it's the media side of this that that really drives me nuts because those are supposed to be the people that. You know, are are more rational and, and more well read, if you will, about the landscape of sports. But but the entire Tennessee baseball landscape is so new money that that's what they are. They're new money. We saw it last year with the whole ESPN should thank Tennessee for putting the sport of baseball on the map. Give me a break. And now, for example, here, here's Ben Mackey who covers Tennessee for twenty four seven sports. Don't get it twisted. Southern Miss is a deserving host. But Tennessee's resume is slightly better. Although, Ben, that's debatable. And I have a hard time believing Hattiesburg, Mississippi is more accommodating than Knoxville, is what this guy said. The condescension involved in that, number one, is just hilarious. It's not like Knoxville's some metropolis, okay? You know, the market square's fine, but Knoxville's kind of gross outside of that. There are better SEC towns. But but what does this guy think that the Super Regional is? It's not like Hattiesburg has to prepare for 150,000 people flooding into the town tomorrow. It's a baseball weekend. 
They get 5,000 people to, to go to three home games all the time. Like, yeah. Hattiesburg's great. And Southern Miss can easily handle this because, uh, I don't know if you noticed, Ben, you new money clown, they did it last year. They, did, they literally did this last year, and they hosted a team that has a bigger fan base closer than yours. Like, what do you think the production of a Super Regional is? More accommodating? Accommodating for what? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I was there for the two games last year, right? We did our, our pregame show at Ed's Burger Joint, and we previewed the, the Regional. I had a press pass, but I sat in the stands for the games. It was hot, but hey, you know, tis the season for heat when, when you sit on metal bleachers. The field was fine. The playing conditions were great. Southern Miss did a wonderful job hosting the event. Ate a good meal on Saturday night after the game at uh, at Crescent City. And got up and played golf at Hattiesburg Country Club early on Sunday morning. And it was hot. A great golf course. Went back to the ballpark Sunday night, watched another ball game. Filled up the gas tank and drove home on Sunday night. It was a perfectly acceptable experience. With warm, hospitable people who were disappointed that their team didn't win when it was all said and done, but it was a great experience. It would be a great experience for Tennessee. And Southern Miss earned it. Yeah, but but Richard. They're uh, better than the RPI. Hold on. They're better than the RPI, right? So the, the updated RPI has, and I guess they update this or continue to through the postseason, Southern Miss at 16, Tennessee at 18. Okay, so so they're better in the RPI. What about non-conference record? Uh, Southern Miss nineteen and eight, Tennessee twenty-four and four. Okay, non-conference RPI: Southern Miss thirteen, Tennessee fifty-two. Non-conference strength of schedule: Southern Miss sixty, Tennessee one sixty-one. So stop me when we get to a metric where where Tennessee is better than than Southern Miss. I haven't found one yet. Doesn't exist. Uh, strength, also, okay, Tennessee's got a better strength of schedule. There's his 23, Southern Miss is his 46. Southern Miss conference and conference tournament champion, correct? Uh, not regular season, conference tournament. Second in the regular season, the, conference tournament champion. I thought, they, I thought they ended up tied with them, okay. No, they All finished right. one back. Because they, um, okay. Coastal swept their final weekend and Southern Miss won its final weekend. Lost. Yeah, went two or three. Won, won the series, but didn't. Yeah, yeah. Lost yeah but did you, did you think right. about how much more accommodating Knoxville is? I mean, that's got to factor in, right? I mean, I'm not honestly. Once I had a great time, but yeah. Yeah, no, Knoxville. I like Knoxville. I like East Tennessee. I think it's a beautiful part of the country. The hotel that I stayed in in Hattiesburg was nicer than the last hotel I stayed in in Knoxville. I mean, well, 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 well. Oh wait. It's not that, that the, I mean, just there were other nice right. hotels in Knoxville, just not the one I stayed in. Just the, the ignorance of I have a hard time believing that Hattiesburg, Mississippi. It, it, okay, man. It, it's I actually had a cousin uh, <laughs> when when I told the family that I was moving to Mississippi, and I, I told her specifically because I was going to college and I, I'm I'm going to Oxford to, to to go to college. She dead serious asked me if there were stoplights there. 
It's like you, the, so, the, some towns, yes, some towns, no. Kind of depends. The, the, just the 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 ignorance and condescension from people that call us ignorant is baffling to me. You know what I mean? It's the same people that that slap the labels on us are the very thing that they slap on us. I, I experience that and see that all the time. And this is another example. How could Hattiesburg Ooh, host oh, a Super Wes, Regional? Wes Rucker, his very first tweet is a uh, it's a gif of a tractor, a broken down tractor sitting out in in front of the field. That's rich, Wes. That's that's real rich, buddy. Yeah, see, that's that's what I'm talking about. And that's a media person. I get if like a fan blog wanted to do that crap. Whatever, man. Uh, you know, fans are fans. They take shots, whatever. But that's somebody with a platform. And it's like you you say that. That you know baseball, right? Like you know college baseball, and a team that finished ahead of you in the attendance rankings again, and that's how you—that's what you do and how you approach it. Yeah, it'd be different if this was like, like an Arkansas fan, you know, because they've got a bigger venue, a very nice big venue. These are people that don't even attend. Games in the same way that Southern Miss fans do, being this overtly condescending. Yeah, but you know. It, but it, it's pathetic. You're not surprised, though. You're not surprised. I'm not surprised, but, it, man, it, it's it's just pathetic. And, and people, again, people in our business should know better. Yeah. They, they should know better. Instead, they perpetuate ignorance as if Hattiesburg is like some ghost town with only dirt roads and a tractor parked in left field that the outfielder's got to climb on top of to rob a home run. It's it's just stupid. As if Knoxville has like some great baseball facility that, oh, you just got to go see a game there. Wear a helmet, though, because they'll throw beer cans at you. I mean, that's the market. And mustard bottles. Tennessee baseball's accomplishments in the modern era are laughably getting eliminated in a home super regional, uh, your coach not being able to handle his emotions, and throwing stuff on the field. Like, win stuff first before you start doing this. I They've been know. good in regionals. And hang, hang some banners for that. Yeah. All right, uh, C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Love for you to be a part of the conversation, Derek and Greenwood. didn't, uh, But USM didn't create baseball. Uh, okay, yeah, that's fine. Uh, nobody's arguing that they did create baseball. I don't think hosting should come down to which town is better, but I think Knoxville, Nashville, and Chattanooga are better and more fun than any Mississippi, and I've lived in Mississippi my all, uh, whole life. Okay, that's fine. That's your opinion. I, is your opinion that I disagree with strongly. Well, and, and that's that's Okay. You know, you, you're allowed to have your own opinion. Um, Dan and Hattiesburg, I can't believe they haven't mentioned outhouses. Uh, we haven't we dug that deep. Say, it's, it's possible, you know. Yeah. Will we be able to say that John Cohen is partially responsible for the fa- uh, the last three World Series champions? Pretty sure he helped Ole Miss get in last year, now USM, it's from, uh, from Brad. Huh. Perhaps played a role. Uh, Adam and Monticello, people outside of Mississippi treat our state like a third world country. And you know what the beauty of that is? They they kind of don't come around. We just kind of get to keep it to ourselves. It's cool. Um, JP says more metrics. Tennessee losing road record. 
Golden Eagles have survived not one but two losers brackets in the postseason this year. Yeah. It's a day to celebrate if you're a Southern Miss fan. And we will celebrate with Scott Berry on the other side of this break on the Farm Bureau guest line. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Well, retirement has not started yet for Scott Berry. He joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line right now. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team. Mississippi Farm Bureau. Coach, I know you're going to hang it up. We've talked about that, but I hope you're okay with waiting just a little bit longer before you uh, you, you put the turfs away and you set that uh, that hard hat on the shelf for good. <laughs> yeah, I'll put it on hold for a little bit. I have no problem doing that, Richard. What, what a weekend, Coach. Uh, you, you really are not making this easy on yourself. Your place last year, you got to go through the loser's bracket. Um, you, you don't stay on the winner's side of the bracket at the, the conference tournament, and you find a way to get it done. And uh, again this weekend, uh, lo- lose that opening game, and the road is really difficult, and the numbers are stacked against you historically when that happens. But somehow you guys found a way. What, what a weekend. Yeah, it really was. Uh, I'm most proud of our guys and how they were able to stay the course. You know, we talk a lot about steady wins the race, and, you know, there's plenty of ups and downs that, that happen in this game, and you can't get caught up in that and the highs and the lows. You just got to go out for the next opportunity and, and, and take advantage of it the, the best you can, and certainly that's what happened. You know, this year uh, we lost in the first game against Sanford, so, I mean, we're in the loser's bracket right off the bat. So we really had to be uh, pretty uh, tough-minded and, and, and be mature about what we were having to do. And last year we had lost in the second game, and, and that was against LSU, and we had to battle our way back. But, well, I couldn't be any more proud of, of our guys and how they stayed the course in all honesty, and they kept you know punching back. And those, those next four games were not easy, trust me, and yeah. especially Saturday where we – we started at two o'clock. We had a, over a two hour, I think about a two hour and 16 minute rain delay that pushed us deep into the night on the second game. And we got back to the hotel about 1230 and had to turn it right back around and be back at the park for BP at 1136. So we literally played three games in about 27 hours in that time period. And I'll be honest, our guys never looked like they were tired a bit. And, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the mental side and, your, uh, you know, what you think and, and what you tell yourself is what your body's going to do, and and certainly they uh, they had adhered to, to that exactly just that. I mean, they they looked fresh all the way through. Scott, deep down, did you feel like your team caught a little bit of a break when Penn beat Auburn? Uh, I mean, so so you lose that game to Samford. And as disappointed as you are, does that give you a little more life to see that the the one seed lost their first game as well? You know, it really did, Richard. And you know, I've always been under the uh, under the notion that you know it's not the opponent that you're playing. You got to have an opponent to play that game, and let's focus on on the game and winning the game. Uh, and and watching 
Penn and Auburn go back and forth, and obviously that went in extra innings, and, and Penn won it. I was very impressed with Penn. I was like, holy cow. I mean, this is a, this is a really good team. And we had been told that. They made a swing through the South back on spring break where they started at Lamar and went to Nickel State and ended up with Tulane. And our sources told us that this is a really good team. And you could tell they were well coached. Uh, they, they really played the game fast. And I was very impressed. So I knew if we were to beat Auburn and we were going to have to face, you know, hopefully Penn at some point after, after Stanford had lost to them, that we were going to be, we were going to be, uh, a great challenge against them because they were a really good team. But, uh, you know, it just so happens that, you know, we, us and Auburn meet in that losers bracket game on, on day two. And, you know, fortunately we just played a little better than they did. Do you think there's any way to figure out just to only pitch Justin Storm in elimination games? Golly, how about that? I mean, it mirrored the LSU game last year. He went five and a third last year. I think struck out nine and eight or nine, had a walk, only gave up three hits. And certainly when we brought him in uh, that night against Penn, I mean, Penn was getting, they were starting to get some really good swings off of Nico. And our plan was is to go with Nico as, as long as we could. Um, and certainly we're trying to keep as much staff available for for yeah. a game on Monday if we could win that one. But we knew we had to do everything we could to win Sunday night. And, and then, of course, it was to go to Justin and let him go as, as long as he could. And we, we just saw that a week ago against Lafayette in that in that game, in that championship game. He did the same thing. So, But he was as dominant as I've seen in a long time. I mean, he retired 16 of the first 16 batters he faced and retired 17 of the 18 for the game that he faced with 10 strikeouts and no walks and just the one hit over five and two-thirds innings. I mean, it, it literally looked like a big league pitcher out there. It was it was pretty dominant. Scott, you've always prioritized health for your players and, and done what is best for them, whether it's what they want or not. So tell me about the decision uh, to roll back with Tanner Hall on a uh, on a, a short rest situation was that your idea? Was it his idea? What was the conversation like? Well, it was his idea. You know, when we got to the park, Oz and I, our, our my pitching coach and my successor at this position, we talked that morning and said, "Let's just you know, let's get to the park. And let's just see how everybody feels, uh, and and we'll go from there." And so he said, "I've got word from from Danny Lynch that." Tanner wants the ball, and I, I was like, "Well, he ain't getting the ball." I mean, that's just we're just not going to go there with that. And uh, so we got to the park, and Oz was like, "He wants to talk to you." So I went down there to him, and he said, "Coach, I'm fine. I'm telling you, I, I'm fine. Let me get us out the gate. This will be a bullpen day for me anyway. I'm not worried about trying to throw, you know, overthrow. I'll, I'll work my sinker and try to work under the barrels." And, uh, and that's what he did. And, and I said, you are sure you feel good. He said, my arm feels great. It feels no different than, than if I had my, my six days off with it. So we said, all right, let's take us out the gate. And that's what he did for the first two innings. And then we just kind of rolled with, with some other plans. Billy Odom, I mean, he was another one that had, he beat Auburn there on, on, on Friday, or I'm sorry, on Saturday. And he was available for three innings, and then after the third inning, he was like, "Hey, I'm 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 toast. I can't do it anymore." And then, got, and that's what uh, you've got to have, question. right? Don't don't you have to have your pitchers be willing to be honest with you in that situation? 
100%. You know, and I think at, at the end of the day, you have to be the coach. And just like if it's your own kids, you have to be the parent. You have to make the decision that's what's best. But uh, certainly in, in that situation, you know that those guys are competitors. You know that they're not ready for their season to end. And uh, with with everything that they feel like they can give us, they're going to they're gonna do that. And that's what they want to do. And, you know, we certainly didn't push anybody past what, what would be normal, uh, unnormal for them, a safety issue. So yeah. we just had some competitive guys that stepped up that really wanted to see this thing through and get the job done, and that's exactly what they did. All right, Tennessee Vols coming in this weekend. Um, it's a good baseball team. Uh, the the one thing to me that has kind of stood out, and th- they flipped it on their head this weekend with the way they played in the Clemson Regional, they haven't been very good away from Knoxville. They've struggled to win games outside of Lindsey Nelson Stadium. But I'm guessing as you look at them, I mean, is pitching where you start when they just you, you kind of look at them as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I watched them the other night uh, with Clemson in that 14-inning game. I, as I was watching, I think, um, Sanford and um, I don't know if it was Sanford and Penn, whoever it was, I think it was. Yeah. And they're just, you know, big league arms after big league arms, depth in that pen. I mean, they just kept bringing them out there, and uh, certainly it starts on the mound. They have guys with some really, really good stuff. And, you know, obviously in the field, they have uh, position players with a high skill set that are very athletic and, and do there. So they're, they're a very good baseball team and, and uh, one that's, you know, playing well to go over there in that, in that regional where Clemson was probably the hottest team in the country yeah. and to win that and to win that regional out of there. Uh, certainly that, that gives them a good feeling of, of momentum, just like it does with us, you know, going to Auburn and on the road and, and being able to take that from the host side as well. When you went to bed last night, did you think you were going to get the news this morning that you were headed to Knoxville, or did you think it was going to be at your place? I really didn't know. You know, I know it was uh, what I had been told. It was going to be in the committee's hands with that, and uh, you know, there was not. It was not based on the metrics of RPI, strength of schedule, quad four. It wasn't any of that. It was. It was the handbook reads that when the two are are head to head, neither are the host. And the next two that, that fall in there are the same seed, which we are. We were a two seed. They were a two seed. Then it goes down to uh, the things that the NCAA is listed as uh, amenities, the facilities, availability of hotels, past revenue that has been produ- produced through regionals and super regionals. Uh, it, it seemed like to me it was about money at that point you know who was going to make the most money for them so you know i knew that we uh we had a very good showing last year in our regional and super regional and uh you know i knew we had outdrawn them in in those last year from what they did and of course our capacity i think is a little bit more than theirs last year i think they've added some but they go on the history so i knew we had a pretty good chance with it and certainly we were in those discussions for a regional before and, and we didn't get it, so I was hoping with our resume and, and what we had done that you know that might push us across the line, and, and fortunately, I think it did. Well, congratulations. It's going to be a great scene at Pete Taylor Park this weekend. Can't wait to watch, Coach. Good luck. Well, thank you, Richard. We're excited about it. Scott Appreciate Berry, it. head baseball coach at Southern Miss, getting set for a Super Regional in Hattiesburg against the Tennessee Volunteers. We'll be back with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios right after this.
supertalk.fm. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Curious, um, genuinely curious about this. What's the vibe this week in the state of Mississippi as it pertains to Southern Miss? And if they were to take it a step farther and make it to Omaha, is this the the entire state is pulling for you? You know. Red, blue, maroon, and white, we're all black and gold this week? Or is it, uh, that's a that's a great story, and it sure would be cool if, if Scott was able to get to Omaha in his final year, but no, no, don't, don't need them to win a title. And I wonder how much revisionist history is. Like, were there state fans that genuinely were happy for Ole Miss last year? Hey, Dad, you weren't. Were there Ole Miss fans that were genuinely happy for Mississippi State the year before? Some. Not many. Like, like, hey, Dad, my mom was like, oh, I thought it was neat that they won. I was like, did you? Okay. Well, good for you. We, we can't count grandmas. Grandmas are happy for everybody. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Bless that's their fair. heart. You know. But, but is, it, is it a different vibe? We get one here that says the first one up says, heck yes, go USM. It varies greatly depending on who you talk to. And I haven't quite figured out what the dividing line is because in one of my group messages, it's, oh, God, please knock out Tennessee. Like, I want Southern Miss to beat Tennessee so bad it's not even funny. To the top. Go Eagles. All that stuff. And then I have another one that's like, heck no. I hope Tennessee wins 20 to nothing in both games. And it's like a mix of the same kind of people. They're just different. But the vibes are totally separate in two separate group messages. It's either, heck yeah, go beat the brakes off of Tennessee, I hate Tennessee, or no. Like, absolutely not. I hope they lose and lose in embarrassing fashion. Like, there's no in-between. And the other piece of this that I'm really deep down curious about is Southern Miss fans last year and the year before. Were they, come on, this is good for the state of Mississippi. Go get you one, State. Go get you one, Ole Miss. Or were they like, screw them. I hope they go and get beat 20 to nothing to it. Like, I don't know. I don't even know how you do with this. But look, you've got opinions. Good gracious, look at these opinions. Here we go. Keith and Vaden. I'm a state fan big time. As long as a Mississippi team goes far, I'm pulling for them. Here's one, this rebel is black and gold. Another that says this is bigger than baseball. Uh, just win, and no, not happy for Ole Miss. Okay? Southern Miss has to win to get the Mississippi three-peat hottie toddy. Uh, anyone that has met Coach Barry would say, heck yeah, go Southern Miss. I mean, I'm just 
being 100% completely honest with you, Scott Berry is the reason I want to see Southern Miss do well. There are lots of other people that I like that are associated with Southern Miss. I like Jeremy McLean. I think he's a fantastic guy. There's so many people that I'd be happy for. Our friends at Polk's Meet that are, are Southern Miss folks, uh, um, uh, Ryan at uh, at Pearl River Resort, Southern Miss guy, so many people that I would be so incredibly happy for. But every single one of them is a few rungs down the ladder from how I would feel for Scott Berry. And that's just one as thing honest to, as I can be. One thing to consider, and somebody brings it up on the text line, if Southern Miss was playing Virginia, let's throw Virginia out there. Okay. Or if they were playing, you know, uh, Wake Forest. Kentucky. That's one thing. Kentucky. They're playing the most hated team in all of college baseball, the biggest villains, <laughs> the biggest heels in college baseball. So, I mean, I know some people, some state fans and some Ole Miss fans who have been talking to me, and they're like, you know, I really don't like Southern Miss, but I will not root for Tennessee under any circumstances in, in baseball. So, go Eagles. Orky, you're killing me. Like, I was trying to wait until I clicked on them for them to turn so I could figure out which messages I had read. But you clicked on them first, and so it's like they all went away. It's all tied together. It's like, I don't know what I've read and what I haven't. I didn't know that it did that. I figured if I didn't open it, that... No, I didn't know. If anybody opens a text, it it takes off the bold. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said, I don't really have an opinion on Southern one way or the other, so I have no reason to cheer against them. He says, I mean this no... I mean, no offense to the actual USM fans out there, but as a state fan, my only beef is with Ole Miss. USM um, doesn't fly on my radar very much. He says I have no opinion on them one way or the other. Okay. That's another thing to consider, Richard, is that if you're a state fan younger than me, if you're an Ole Miss fan younger than, like, 50, there's no football rivalry to draw back on for this. I'm old enough to remember State and Southern playing in football and Southern having the the upper hand for a lot of years. But if you're a 30-year-old Mississippi State fan, you have no reference point. That's just some team we've played three times in the last decade and beaten them easily in all three. We get one here that says, Some Southern Miss fans hate MSU more than Ole Miss fans do. I'm not pulling for them. And then the flip is true also, right? There's some Southern Miss fans that hate Ole Miss. More than Mississippi State fans hate Ole Miss. The Southern Miss fans have a lot of hatred for Ole Miss because Ole Miss will not play them in football. No. Won't and won't not ever do it. Not, never. not gonna. Uh, um, I, I see that a lot on in my Twitter mentions, people because I've had a lot of interactions with USM fans the past couple of weeks. And uh there's a lot of at least state will play us in the in those statements. Yeah. Brad and Burns, I'm just going to try and get through as many of these as I can, and, and then we'll take a look at all the Super Regional matchups in our, our next segment. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book, sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. If you want to uh, bet on the Golden Eagles, you can do that at the uh, sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more at uh, pearlriverresort.com. Um, if Ole Miss was just one soul, I wouldn't whiz on them if they were on fire. Okay. Uh, I'm an Ole Miss fan, but I'm cheering for Southern Miss because they have several Mississippi players on their team. 
Uh, go Eagles all the way, hotty toddy. Paul from Starkville, I pull for all three when they're not playing Mississippi State. Uh, Brick Sr. in Tupelo says, State fan, but we're all Golden Eagles now. Brian in D.C. says he's a Southern Miss fan. He says, I wasn't yelling and screaming for Ole Miss or State the last two years, but I did want them to win after they got to Omaha. I suspect most of their fans will feel the same about Southern Miss this year. I think that's fairly measured. Yeah. I do think hate adds on to something with the opponent. That that really helps some people and, yeah, and I mean, their rooting interest here. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. This Ole Miss fan is pulling hard for Scott Berry. I hope the Golden Eagles win it all. Um, we've got odds. Uh, these are from on three. I didn't know that on three was in the bookmaking business, but okay. Uh, wait for. I guess this is to win it all. Is that right? So we get two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, four. That's only fifteen teams. And that, those have got to be odds to win the whole thing. They've got Southern Miss plus three thousand. Oral Roberts is the only one with longer odds at plus 4,000. So it's Oral Roberts plus 4, Indiana State and Southern Miss plus 3, Duke plus 22, Texas plus 2,000 with the way they're playing right now. Not a bad value. There's some value there. Yeah. Wake Forest, the odds on favorite at plus 400. Hmm. All right. Thanks for sending uh, for sending those along. I mean, it's a mix. I feel like most of these messages that came through were, yeah, I'm. Here you go. I don't care at all about Southern, but I hope they beat the bleep out of Tennessee because I don't like Tennessee and because they're acting stupid about Southern hosting. And then I also hope they win the Natty because it would be so crazy for three different teams from Mississippi to win it all for their first time back to back to back. Yeah. It's great. Maybe Southern Miss can throw golf balls at Tennessee while they're in town. No, be above that. Uh, Mike Jason's... directed me to a, another complaint of theirs, by the way, is the lack of availability of tickets. Um, Are we doing that again? They're doing that again. Uh, it's because they sell them all to their own fans. Yeah. and they... The NCAA mandates that you sell a certain number of tickets to the visiting team. Once you've done that... You have you have fulfilled your obligation. Like nobody does that. No, that's why I said the phrase "new money." If if They're Mississippi so State was hosting Oklahoma State in Starkville, and the NCAA mandated that Mississippi State allot five hundred tickets for Oklahoma State. Mississippi State would say, you know what? We got a big ballpark. Let's give you 950. No. They would allocate 500 and they would sell all the rest of their fans. And if there were Oklahoma State fans that wanted to buy standing room tickets and cram in, they'd be able to do it. But they're going to sell the five or 600 tickets to Tennessee that they have to, and then they're going to sell the rest of their fans. Stupid. Mm, from the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad, I'm going to attempt to do something to uh, to start the 4 o'clock hour. 
I'm going to attempt. I don't know that I'm going to sway Michael Borky's opinion, but I am going to uh, attempt to tie two very unrelated stories together and make him disagree with my take on both of them at the exact same time. Though I think it's going to be a solid take. Okay. Get get you on your edge edge of your seat for that. He, I'm excited. Uh, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna like the direction that I go here. But that's okay. We'll uh, we'll do that in uh, in just a minute. And this is not like some hot takey thing. Just something to think about. Uh, so these are the super regionals: South Carolina at Florida. Pretty good. South Carolina played really well last weekend. Florida pitched it pretty well. Gators had to come back and uh, and win the if necessary game on Monday to knock Texas Tech out, who had been playing well. Duke at Virginia. Let me ask you this: So you got six SEC teams that are in super regionals. A guarantee of two, because you've got two regionals that pair. SEC teams, so you know it's going to be two. You could have as many as four. Do you like the idea of having a couple guaranteed, or if you could, would you flip, say, South Carolina and Virginia so that Virginia played at Florida and South Carolina played at Duke? Roll the dice. Roll the dice and try to get more? Okay. Roll the dice. Yeah. Uh, Duke at Virginia. Oral Roberts... All right, these are the these are the Friday, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. South Carolina, Florida, Duke, Virginia, Oral Roberts at Oregon. Did you see what happened there, by the way? Speaking of accommodations, which are apparently really difficult to put on for five fifty five hundred people, Oregon's stadium, their baseball stadium, is mm-hmm. theirs, but a minor league team plays there. PK Park, right? Yes. And they were supposed to play at home this weekend. But since Oregon owns the park, the university, the minor league team just got to go find somewhere else to play. I mean, I yeah. guess that, that becomes a road series, but uh, if roles were reversed, like they are at Penn State, for example, I don't think Penn State owns their stadium. I think the minor league team does, that they would have to go somewhere else. But instead, the, the professional team has to go find a new place to play because the college team's hosting a regional, I guess, unexpectedly. Yeah, that seems that seems reasonable to me. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, not not mad at that at all. Uh, Indiana State at TCU. That'd be a good environment. Lifton's a good good ballpark. Yeah. And then the Saturday, Sunday, Monday, if necessary, series, Bama at Wake Forest. One of the hottest teams in baseball against what might be the best pitching team in baseball. They're also one of the hottest teams. Yeah, so there ain't no might be to it. What do you think... Uh, kind of action Bohannon has on this one? It's hmm. <laughs> a good question. I mean, you can get Alabama plus money here. Did they ever? Well, did they ever put Alabama? Oh, were there odds oh, on Alabama? No, they, that we got prob- a they probably don't. Hold on. The, was it Mike that sent that to us, the odds? If there was a team missing, that would be the team to leave out. That's what I was That's what I was. I didn't even think about that. I didn't see if there were odds on Alabama. I think there were. Um, anyway, we can we can figure that out. Uh, Texas at Stanford. 
Texas at Stanford. That could be good. Texas is playing really well. The Texas next one like could be. Hey, well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Underdog. Credit where it's due. Stanford's crowd looked good last night. It did. They did well. It looked really good last night. Uh, Kentucky at LSU. Yeah, I mean, we're all we're all picking LSU, but but and Tennessee at Southern Miss. That's your. Those are your eight. What? Hmm. So we'll talk a lot about this Super Regional, obviously, going into it. But Tennessee was a bad road team this year. Tennessee went on the road in the Regional and beat Clemson and won the Regional. Mm-hmm. Which one stands out to you more? The fact that they're playing well at the end of the year. For, for, to me. So that kind of, in your mind, negates the fact that they did struggle on the road during the season? Yeah, I mean, like, when I you say negates, I mean, like, I don't discount it, but what a team did in March and April. I mean, look, Tennessee was different from the midway point of April through the end of the year. And, you know, we kind of made some jokes about the, you know, don't let the balls get hot. And, and, and that was a thing. But they were better in the second half of SEC play than they were in the first half. And so, while yes, I know that that home record doesn't look great this year for Tennessee, or the road record, they were 5-12 and 12 away from Lindsay in true road games. If you want to add neutral site games in, they were 7-14. and 14. They went 34-5 and five at home. So they're clearly a better team at home, but the bottom line is they were a better baseball team in the second half of the season. At, at the halfway point, and I, if I told you Tennessee was winning 41 games, you'd have looked at me like I was crazy. Four o'clock hour coming up next. This is Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Sports Talk Mississippi continues. Town been a long time coming, been a long hard drive. Gonna smoke some, gonna drink some, gonna find a little trouble. If not, we're gonna Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Tuesday afternoon, sports sixth uh, of of June. Talked about this on uh, on Gallo this morning. Today is the 79th anniversary of D Day, and um, if you. Uh, if you need to brush up on your history, I would encourage you just do like a D-Day Google or an Operation Overlord Google and go back and read through it. It's one of it's one of the most remarkable moments in in all of recorded history. The um, the invasion of the beaches in Normandy, uh, just incredible, incredible stuff. I played it this morning. I, I'll, I'll see if I can pull it up and, and we'll play it. The uh, the address from General Dwight D Eisenhower to the uh, Soldiers, sailors, and airmen as they were uh, preparing to make their advance on on the beaches of Normandy. Uh, We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at DancingRabbitGolf.com. Dancing Rabbit, uh, home to two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Plan your tee time. Book your trip. Pearl River Resort or DancingRabbitGolf.com. 
So I said that I thought I had two stories that are very different that uh, we could tie together, and Michael Borky was going to disagree with me on both. So we talked yesterday at the uh, at the end of the show about Indiana State situation. So Indiana State hosted a regional in Terry Hope. They were not a top eight seed, so they were not guaranteed to host a super regional. But if you're a, a top 16 and you win your regional and you're paired across from a national seed that happens to not win their regional, then you automatically have the opportunity to host. So you're, because you're a one seed and the team on the other side is a lower seeded team and therefore you have the opportunity to host. And then we got the, um, we got the release from the school yesterday that Indiana State would not be hosting a super regional, um, because they had not put in a bid. And Borky, you and Haydad both were kind of, well, they, they ought to find somewhere else for them to play so they don't lose this opportunity. And I just I, I just disagreed with that at, at every level. They didn't bid for the opportunity to host it. Therefore, it doesn't matter whether or not they earned it or not. And then we learned more about why they didn't bid. And you could say the reason they didn't bid is a more noble reason to find them somewhere else close to home, but there's still problems with it. See, if you're hosting a super regional, you are responsible for staffing it and handling security and handling logistics and stats and all the stuff that goes with it. And if you do that off of your campus, it becomes more difficult. But ultimately, the reason that they didn't put in a bid is because in Terry Hode every year, for a long time, they have hosted the Indiana Special Olympics. And it's an event that's very important to their university. It's very important to their community. And all of their athletic department staffers work that Special Olympics event. So they simply didn't have the personnel to be available to do it. Indiana State made a conscious decision not to put in a bid. Now, here's the jump. And, and, and so I don't think that we should feel sorry for them it can be a cool story, but we shouldn't be upset that they're not getting to host when they said, look, this other thing is more important to us and precludes us from being able to do that, and we know that going in, and even though it's disappointing because we won the regional, we're okay with it. So what about the other story? Unless you've been buried under a rock today, you have heard that Live Golf and the PGA Tour are merging with a massive investment from the public investment fund, the Saudi Arabian public investment fund. And one of the first things that has popped up today has been, wow, you know who got screwed in this deal? Tiger Woods, who turned down $800 million reportedly. Rory, who turned, how much, how much is the report that Rory turned down? $300 million? Four hundred million, two to three hundred million, whatever, some insane amount of money. Hideki Matsuyama turned down three hundred million, and so many people's immediate reaction was, "Those guys got screwed," because they stood and they took all the arrows, they took all the bullets, they stood there and stood up for the PGA Tour. Meanwhile, these other guys left; they got paid a bunch of money, and now they're going to be able to come back to the PGA Tour. And they haven't had to miss any majors. They're not going to have to miss a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup or whatever. I think the players that stayed, Rory McIlroy, Max Homa, Scotty Scheffler, 
The list goes on and on. You you know the guys that are playing on the PGA Tour right now. I think they made a business decision. Now, if they had all of the information, would their decision have been different? Perhaps. But knowing what they knew at the time, they made a business decision. Maybe it had to do with morals and how they felt morally about live. Maybe it had to do with sponsor relationships. Maybe it had to do with a quest for history, chasing down records. Maybe it had to do with not traveling internationally and being gone from home as much. But for whatever reason, they made the decision to stay. They could have left if they had wanted to and played less. I do think there's one misnomer, unless you're talking about one of these guys that got like $200 million, but maybe even in the case of Dustin Johnson and $200 million, the money actually is not that much different. Because one of the things that people have not talked about publicly is the fact that the Live Golfer's tax base is London, not the United States. And the tax rate in London is like 20 or 25% higher than the highest bracket in the United States. And so they're losing more of that money to taxes in London than they were paying here. And so the difference in money was just not that high. Plus, they lost some sponsor, sponsors and, you know, bad will and all those things. But I feel like so many people are like, Indiana State got screwed. Rory McElroy got screwed. And the truth is, Maybe it didn't work out for them as well as it could have. But why do we immediately think that these people were done wrong when they consciously made their own decisions? And they made decisions knowing that it might work out, might not work out, but I'm going to make the decision in good conscience because it's what I think is the right thing to do, and I'll just move on from there and everybody else can talk about it. Key difference, though. Indiana State knew everything and decline the opportunity. Rory McIlroy, Max Homa, John Rahm were told the entire time we're not going to we're not engaging with them. If you stay here, if you're loyal here, you will be rewarded here. That will never happen. And then it happened. And it happened behind their backs in, in these closed door fast. things, and it happened fast, and nobody knew about it. That that's, but they're millionaire professional golfers. So yeah, a few of them. I mean, Max Homa could have gotten a ton of money from Live if he wanted to. John Rahm more, Rory a lot more. But it's not like they're hurting. I mean, you know. They were lied to. Jay Monahan still being in a position of power would really concern me. I've seen the reaction from lower-level players, and I think they're spot on. It's, how can I trust somebody that lied to us at every single turn? You know, he's he's supposed to be... It's not like the commissioner of the NFL. It's, mm. it's, it's a player's organization, not an owner's organization. There are no owners. They're contractors. And when our leader made us... As you said, take all the arrows, right? Rory had to talk about it every single freaking week, multiple times a week. Yeah, he, they were the ones that had to to be forward facing, just to have that guy turn around and make them all look like hypocrites. Is that at best that's not cool? And some of these guys are worried, and we're up against a hard break, so I'm sure we'll talk about this more because it, it's a big deal. The, the Saudi Arabian government owns. 
professional golf. All of it. They they own it. They they yeah, own it's it. It's not entirely true. How though. not? They're the you... sole single investor of the PGA Tour now. They own it. They they own it. Yeah, but they don't have majority voting rights. But they they've own... got the chairman of the board, but they don't have voting rights and voting structure that ownership but... has. They're just they're just injecting revenue into it. And they own DP World and, and they own Live, whatever that is. Um that that's it's just fascinating where that's coming from. There's there's optimism or there could be optimism and and things to be concerned about and then somewhere in the middle. The fact that the world's best are gonna be together again, good. Good. Because Rom versus Brooks coming up the back nine at Augusta needs to happen more than just at Augusta. We need we need that kind of stuff all the time. That's good. With DJ and Cam Smith and Scotty yes. Scheffler and Jordan Spieth and Rory McElroy all within three shots of the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. We need more of that. I'm also concerned, though, about the grassroots. What happens to Corn Ferry? What happens to the small events? What happens to the PGA Tour Latino America? The, these places that birthed some of these great players and give so many opportunities, are they going to go away and more? There's just so much to digest here. We'll be back. We'll pick it up with you next. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. You can uh, join us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Whether you have uh, wireless needs, you can uh, get your phones or your watches from ceasefire. Maybe you've got business IT needs, whether it's uh, business internet or IT solutions, or you're looking for a, uh, a fiber home internet solution. Fiber to the home is available. You can learn more about all of those from Seaspire online at cspire.com. Going to pick it back up? Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know where to pick it up. Though. There's just there's so much here. Um, I do think the moral high horse. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hey, Dan, I'm curious your thoughts. I, I, my, my guess is you have not consumed as much of the PGA Tour live conversation as I did today, probably as Borky did today, but you weren't under a rock. I mean, you know what's going on. Yeah. Very much. Yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll make I'll bring it home for, for my own personal interest. I remember when Vince McMahon bought WCW, bought his competition, uh, and, and created a, a you know the one company and put everything under one banner. And that's what this feels like to me. But it's odd in that at that time, McMahon was the bigger company, the more successful company. He bought the team, the, the guys who were struggling. I feel like the PGA, I mean, who was Liv's ratings weren't good. Nobody really talked about Liv. Liv didn't add anything to the game of golf. They didn't come up with any fun and exciting rule changes like 
the USFL and the XFL have done. Their product wasn't anything remarkable, but they had the billion dollars or $20 billion or whatever laying around. So Isn't it, it like $800 billion? Yeah, it's, it's uh, whatever a, it, the number it's, is. It's not an insignificant amount. I'm sure it's a huge number. And that's something, you know, we all, in every walk of life, politics, sports, whatever, money always wins. Doesn't matter how, what you feel about something, if the adults in the room can make more money doing what something else, they'll do it. Every time. Now, you know, everything else be damned. So, just, as long as you're aware of that, it's okay. But I, I found it odd that it feels like the PGA Tour was winning in everything except financial backing. So Liv just said, here is a godfather offer. Here is a number you cannot possibly turn down. And here we are. Isn't that how, so so I linked it in the notes if you haven't seen it, but the letter that the commissioner of the PGA Tour, if you guys don't know, Jay Monahan sent the players, he is remaining the CEO. Greg Norman was not informed that this was happening until a second before they broke the news. Like, he wasn't involved in this. Jay Monahan was heavily, heavily involved uh, in this. And he's remaining as CEO with the guy whose name I'm not going to pronounce correctly, the, the, the Saudi guy that's going to oversee all of it. But, but Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner, is still kind of running this show. And when you read the letter to the players... It kind of describes some maintaining of what the current system is, right? Isn't that how you read it? That they'll do team stuff and they'll do special events and things like that. But professional golf is not going to become 54-hole shotgun start goofy team names. That they're going to have events weekly. And it's going to be similar, but different, but similar. And live as in, as it currently sits, probably isn't long for this world. No, it's not. And, and here's the thing: today was it was more than a memo of understanding, but it was a public announcement of an agreement in principle. They haven't worked out all the details. Like they've they've figured out the the high points, but they haven't worked out all of the details. I think there were a lot of people that were waiting for much of the day to find out what Brandel Chambly was going to say. The top analyst on the Golf Channel, who is polarizing but is incredibly well-studied. He is a golf historian. He is a, a sharp guy and prepares in a way for his broadcast that very few people do. Here's what he had to say about the news today, because there are a lot of people that couldn't wait to... What's Brandel going to say? I mean, you, you had Brooks Kepka go on Twitter immediately and say, hey, welfare check on Shambly. I actually thought, if this clip is the one that I think it is, I thought he made some really good points that not many people have talked about today. How did it get to this point? Why did it happen? first heard about it, I was completely shocked. I can't imagine that uh, too many people... I'm trying. It's not... Hold on. Here we go. People that were in the room... I never get that exactly right. I was completely shocked. There we go. First heard about it, I was completely shocked. I can't imagine that uh, too many people outside of maybe the two or three or four or five people that were in the room that brought this merger to fruition would have known anything about it. Uh, after the shock sort of ebbed away, I was hugely disappointed. I think this is one of the saddest days in the history of professional golf. Uh, I do believe that the 
governing bodies, the entities, the professional entities have sacrificed their principles for profit. And then, of course, I tried to imagine what circumstances would have led to such a capitulation. Uh, I think there are three things likely that would have led to something like this, as Jody was just talking about previous uh, intractable legal issues going on indefinitely into the future. Uh, no doubt with legal vulnerability on both sides of this issue. And the only people that stood to profit from that were the lawyers that were involved. And then, of course, the... Okay, so we don't get the entire clip. You don't get his other two points. But I think the first one that he makes is kind of an important one. Not so much in what it's going to cost to fight the legal battles, but he said intractable legal issues. Legal issues that were going to go on and on and on. You had the PGA Tour suing Liv. You had Liv suing the PGA Tour. And you know what that ultimately was going to lead to? It was going to lead to a discovery situation where both of these entities were going to have to open their books. And the PGA Tour doesn't want to open its books. And so what they have created is a for-profit entity, but the PGA Tour as it exists right now will remain a 406, was it 403C6? It's a, a charitable organization, nonprofit designation, so that the PGA Tour can continue to do the charitable work that it's done through the years without having to publicly open their books. That's part of it. I heard another analyst point out that on its own, Liv had plenty of money, but the um, the governor Al, what's his what's his name, Borky, the the guy that represents Liv and runs the PIF, Norman? No, 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 no. Oh, no, oh I don't know his name. Yeah, the the Saudi guy. Yeah. I, I just don't remember his name, Al Ramaya or something along those lines. Um, he yeah, made the point, Al Ramayan. Yeah, he made the point on the CNBC interview today that they are not into subsidizing companies. This Vision Fund 2020 that has turned into the Vision Fund 2030 is the Saudi government's attempt to diversify beyond oil. And it's one of the grandest investment platforms in the history of the world. It's funded through profits from oil, but it's about diversifying the kingdom's assets. They're not picking losers. They picked some losers early. The the WeWork, I don't know if you know anything about that story, they invested heavily in that, and it came crashing down. And they pulled out of it. And it, and it kind of messed up their relationship with, with SoftBank in the process. Anyway, that, that's more than you wanted to know about MBS and, and Saudi Arabia. The point was, Liv was not going well. No. They were pouring a ton of money into it, and they were not seeing the return that they had hoped. One of the sectors they had identified as one of their 13 investment platforms in the Vision 2030 fund was sports and entertainment. And, ultimately, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia does not like to be embarrassed. And their foray into professional golf with Liv was headed toward failure, which they would view as leading to embarrassment, which is a really big deal. And therefore, they were interested in making a deal. And another piece of it was, Liv never really, or the the PIF, PIF, 
never really cared about running a golf league. It was just their entree into sports. And now they have a very clear stake in a uniquely American sports franchise, the PGA Tour. And it led others. I heard Mike Tirico talking about it today. It led to people going, you know, is this working and going well? Open the door for them to be an owner in the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball. Oh, you know that's coming. at the league level. Oh, they're, we'll see. I promise you they're going to start buying teams. Promise. Here domestically. They, they bought, they've bought a uh, an EPL team. Yep. They own Newcastle. They own Formula One. It's coming here. Promise. Guaranteed. It's no, and it's it's no it's no uh surprise Newcastle went from almost relegated to they're in the Champions League next year in one season. Why? Money. To Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app, Supertalk.fm, and always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station. message because I don't want it to sound smart aleck to the person who sent it. He says, huge, huge golf fan, but I'm done with the PGA Tour. It's going to be difficult, but I think I've watched my last PGA tournament. And I just simply said, why? And he said, you get in the bed with the Saudis, I'm done. And my response is, well, okay, but are you going to stop driving? Is there an oil that we use in the United States? Are you going to stop using your phone? Big steak and apple. Are you going to start stop using ride sharing? They own a portion of Uber. No more video games. Hey, Dad, they've got a piece in EA Sports. Credit cards, I, Visa. I didn't text you. No, no, I'm just saying. I, I was, it wasn't me. Kind of being funny. It's it's just for starters. They're like that. That's just the companies. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. It's sports too, though. Which is why, because when we would talk about this in the past, uh, the live PayPal, the, the live format was was goofy and bad. I tried to watch it. it; it wasn't good. It wasn't compelling. It was it felt exhibition and cartoony. Didn't like the format. But when people like those at the USA Today or others would attack the players for leaving and taking that money, it always felt either hypocritical or for some reason, they were singling out the golfers. Like, why is it just yeah. the golfers that you attack when the NBA, as is well-documented, is thoroughly in bed with China? And do you know what China does on a daily because basis? because it was easy, but because it was a bunch of rich white guys. Of course. That's the answer. Yes. I mean, the NFL has partnerships with, what, 190 different countries to air their games? Guess who they have a television partnership with? You want to guess who? The Saudi and, uh, Saudi Arabian government. The the NFL has a partnership, a television partnership with the Saudi Arabian government. Why aren't they getting this energy? It, it's it's every sport. I learned a few minutes ago that Texas A&M has a campus in Qatar. You want to know what they do in Qatar and what's against the law there? 
Texas A&M has a campus there. Well, I'm sure that has to do with oil and gas exploration. I'm sure. Their engineering school. So, yeah. uh, the, the... Oh, my goodness. This is, like, the list of companies that they own stakes in through this, I mean, Live Nation, did you go to the Morgan Wallen concert, Citigroup, Boeing, Bank of America, Berkshire Hathaway, BP, Uber, SoftBank. I mean, it's... It's everything. It's everything. So, I mean, I I guess you just have to boycott sports in general because it's everywhere. uh, You can't escape it. So that part of this... I mean, Jay Monahan looks like a massive hypocrite because he is one. My gosh, he invoked the tragedy of 9-11, and now he's in bed with those people that he invoked. I mean, that's a real thing. He lied to his players at every single turn. The guys that trusted them... And their loyalty was rewarded by kind of looking silly today. They'll be fine. Max Homer, Roy McIlroy, they'll all be fine. They'll make a lot of money. They'll play golf. Everybody likes them. They're fine. But still, they have to deal with this today, being completely blindsided. Colin Morikawa said, I pulled up Twitter having coffee, and guess what? I have a new boss, essentially. My, my entire career, everything I've worked for is being turned upside down, and nobody even thought to just shoot me a message. Hey, man, big news coming. Like, nothing. That, that's That's bad. It's a bad deal. But they're, like, they're like, no different than anybody almost, else. I, I occasionally roll my eyes because, hey, Dad, we get one of the get to sports and get off the politics messages. This is like the... This is one of the biggest stories in the sports world in a long time. Like, global implications and is... like the biggest intersection of sports and politics. We're not, like, just choosing to talk about politics. Although this might sound political. Hey, Dad, I got a truth or a a tweet for you. From your boy, Donald J. Trump. Dated, all right, listen to the date, July 18th, 2022. Today is June 6th, 2023. You ready? So it's almost a year ago. Donald Trump tweet. What? He was banned from Twitter before that. So that's not a tweet. No, maybe it was one of those true, whatever his that's, platform was. Okay. Okay. All of those golfers that remain, quote, loyal, close quote, to the very disloyal PGA and all of its different forms will pay a big price when the inevitable merger with Liv comes and you get nothing but a big thank you from PGA officials who are making millions of dollars a year. If you don't take the money now, you will get nothing after the merger takes place and only say how smart the original signees were. Good luck to all, and congratulations to really talented Cam Smith on his incredible win. Uh, that was on re- Retruths? Truth, yeah, he, Truth he's, Social he's wrong on one thing there, though. Those guys are going to get money. They're not going to get nothing. Rory's Maybe. not going to get nothing. They're not going to get nothing. There's no way. Absolutely no way. We'll see. But, but they don't have any leverage, though. I mean, it's going to take the PGA Tour and the public investment fund just choosing to give them something and make it right because they have no leverage. I do think that what's crazy is I think they'll do that. If they're going to find, they may. If they're going to find the guys that left for live, then clearly they're they're trying to make this right. And look, I, I am I'm well aware of. Of some of the criticism of of being in bed with the Saudis, they are look bad places, bad people, right? 
Phil Mickelson told you as much. He did. Straight up. Um, I, I still go back to the one thing. So I, optimistic about the possibility of getting a format together that still looks like traditional golf tournaments where the best players are all playing against each other. That's great for the sport. Glad that's back. Not having Brooks and Cam Smith and... There's a lot of has-beens that, that jump to live, but guys like Harold Varner, for example, he's not the big name, but he certainly adds to the sport, and I'm glad that he's going to be in these fields again. So that's that's good. I am concerned, though, about the, the small stuff, and I know that's never the forefront of these conversations, but I grew up going to what was the Nationwide Tour BMW Charity Pro-Am every year. That's how I got introduced to golf. That, that was mm-hmm. my introduction into it. And in what is now the Corn Ferry Tour serves a very important purpose. Very similar to minor league baseball. Minor league baseball serves a very important purpose to baseball as a whole and obviously Major League Baseball. Tournaments like the Sanderson Farms Championship. It's Why not, do you think the Corn Ferry stuff may be going away, though? No, I I'm just, gonna... I hope it stays, I guess is what yeah, I'm saying. I, I, don't, I don't see any reason to believe that the feeder system for the PGA Tour that has been wildly successful would go away. Yeah, I, I, that's all I'm coming from. Is I, just, I hope that they continue to put money and more money, because they should have more money, into the lesser events like the Sanderson Farms Championship, which is, you know, I, I love it. I yeah. can't wait to take my son there one day. I hope those events continue to... to Take him this year. He's ready. Uh, he still sometimes, you know, he's three and he yells and, you know, if he yells at an inopportune time, I don't want to be that guy. Well, I take him. Just teach him to say mashed potatoes and it'll be all right. But but those kind of things, I, I hope that those continue and get invested in more. Don't and, take but, him for too long. Just get him out there yeah. for like an hour. I saw somebody say, you know, what's next? Do they buy the LPGA Tour? Would that surprise you if they did? The LPGA commissioner has already said she's open to investment from the Saudis. Because you know what that would do? That would invest would, in women's sports like they've triple never... Triple their purses. Rose Zang would have won a million dollars this weekend instead of 425000 And, uh, you know, I, I saw somebody today say that they'll never watch a, a men's golf event again. Well, prepare yourself to never watch a women's golf event again. Possibly. You, you yeah. think that the people that are engaged in sports no, watching not... to try to move on from their past atrocities and women's rights issues especially are not going to try to spend a bunch of money on a very highly successful women's sport, which is golf? You think that they're not going to do that? Because you're know. wrong. I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I'm not sure that they're quite ready for that. I bet they will be, though, eventually. They may be. They, they may get there. But the women's rights thing has been really slow moving within the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Even when yeah. they have given lip service to going to let them drive, et cetera, et cetera. It's been very slow moving. I don't know if they're ready for an investment in a women's sports league or not, where they wear skirts and shorts and tight-fitting shirts. Yeah, And, and I, I'm like... It's just, it's just how they dress. I Straight mean, up. Period. So, Jeff and Grenada says, what does the great white shark get out of this? Apparently, now I'm sure he's being compensated to go away, but he's not about, He's not going to be involved. Because, as you said earlier, the operation he was running, that that's something that's, that not a lot of people are talking about. They're, oh, well, Phil Mickelson won. Yeah, Phil does actually look pretty good today, if we're being honest. But Liv itself wasn't going to work long-term. 
Now, they had all the money in the world, and they could have if they wanted to. That was not going to be a financially viable operation under Greg Norman's leadership. Wasn't going to happen. Yeah. It was goofy, and now it's gone already, which is good. Hey, Dad, are you going to yell at me? I, I let the time slip. This was supposed to be our 100 teams in 100 days segment. We have time. We have plenty of time remaining. It, it will not get overlooked, but we're, we're slipping. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Take the friggin' wax out of your ears. Did you hear me? This is Sports Talk. This is Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say, sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. Quick, Richard's not here. Hey, that talk wrestling. Two huge matches announced today. Yeah, for uh, Forbidden Door, which is the uh, the it was be the second uh, pay per view between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So they, they combine these two cards, and we're going to get a rematch for the IWGP title nope. with Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. I watched that match, and it was incredible. So the rematch should be just as good. And Brian Danielson versus Okada. That is a dream match. I can't believe they're going to get that. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, Richard's back. I can stop talking now. No, we can keep going. I mean, I can hey, cut Richard. him off here. Look, he can't say anything. So you can keep talking no, wrestling no. all day. He, he gets he gets so jealous. He's got jealous eyes. Uh, I was just talking to Houston. He's working in here in the studio, and I like looked at my watch. I was like, oh, Houston. He's like, go, go. <laughs> Normally, Houston has this clock. And be, You're about to be late. He didn't say Yeah, anything. Houston has got that got the, up top. He, yeah. Yes, yes. So, hey, no, carry on. I don't. I didn't mean to. I have no jealous eyes. Carry, carry on, my friend. <laughs> jealous eyes you can't hide those. Wait, and you. I can't even look at you, Richard. You make me sick to my stomach. Wait, what were you singing, Borky? Uh, lying eyes, but that's lying eyes. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that's why you could have gone. Hey, jealousy by the Gin Blossoms. Yeah, that's, that's a good song way. too. Yeah. I hadn't heard that one in a while. So, Monahan, by the way, talking to the media, uh, apparently, so they had a players' meeting. At yeah, the... that was at 4 o'clock, I'm assuming Eastern time. So, I've I been kind of waiting to see some of the details emerging from that. Apparently, it was heated. Uh, there was a standing ovation when he was told that he needs to resign, uh, effective immediately, and the entire room stood up and applauded and cheered at that thought or idea. <laughs> uh <laughs> Because they were all lied to. I mean, I, that's I, pretty rough. They were all, every rough. single one of them. But he said it's a quote framework agreement, and that's why the players, even Tiger Woods and Rory, were not yet included in the process. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to be. So, yeah, I mean, they haven't decided anything yet, which is where like my concern comes from. There's no reason for me to think that it won't happen. It's just they haven't decided on a format yet and how this is going to work. And where the events are going to be, and, and all that, like they haven't decided all that yet. So I just Here, here's a quote. Here's a quote from this this meeting. Is is this Jay Monahan or is this Nick Saban after he left Miami for Alabama? I recognize everything I said in the past in my past positions. I recognize that people are going to call me a hypocrite. Anytime I said anything, I said it with the information I had in the moment. So, I'm not going to be the head hey coach Ed, of Alabama. Hold on, hey, Dad, yeah. this isn't Nick Saban. That means Jay Monahan is you. No, no. Yes, no, there is nobody no, who has been more prolific 
and more consistent. You can in change there, your mind when you have new information. Given new information, this is not new information. There's no new information it's here. A new offer. We knew the Saudi had Saudis had trillions of dollars. There's no new information there. I love There's the a range. new offer. You, you you have gone. Your range of the money available from the Saudis has gone from two billion to yeah. three hundred trillion. Yeah. How much sure. is actually in that fund, by the way? Roughly. I don't know. Because weren't they I'm the ones that were going to build that trillion. gigantic? wall that was actually like an enclosed city that stretched for hundreds of miles. Wasn't it them that, that were building that? Uh, I don't know. Um, looks like the market cap for... I mean, this is not like the kingdom's holdings. It looks like the current market cap for the PIF fund is $300 billion. You couldn't possibly spend it all. They, they, they can't spend all their money. I'm not sure that's right. What, the $300 billion or that you couldn't spend it all? Uh, either. I, it's $620 billion. $620 billion in the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. And and the PIF is only that's only a that's a single fund, guys. That's not their holdings. That is a single fund that is part of the Vision 2030 project. It's not all of it. Yeah. Uh, There's more than that. J- just as a reminder, 1 million seconds. 1 million seconds is 12 days. Yes. 1 billion seconds is 31 years. 1 trillion seconds is 31,000 years. And they're closer to a trillion than they are to a billion. Yes. It's oh, uh man. It's pretty incredible. What a time though, right? I mean, there it no laying up keeps saying it in the right. It's so early, it's hard to have like full-on opinions of because I've seen a lot of people, "Oh, this is great for the tour, this is great for this, bad for this, bad. Do we even know? I gotta see a format first. Yeah. But that means we have to be patient, and we're not great at being patient. No. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Be sure to follow them on all of their social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The website is visitoxfordms.com. Check out all the things that are happening this spring, including the return of the Summer Sunset Series. That's Sunday night's live music in the Grove. Check it out at visitoxfordms.com. Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Five 
o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of live entertainment. Go to their website, Pearl, pearlriverresort.com. Click on the events tab and uh, see the upcoming entertainment things that are uh, that are happening, including Gabriel. Fluffy Iglesias. June 1, buy your tickets online at uh, PearlRiverResort.com. Did you like that? Hey, Dad. That was kind of like a sausage thing. It just made me laugh for no apparent reason. Sausage. Geyser Falls Water Park. It's open now, right? We've made it to the summer. And uh, you can check out Geyser Falls Water Park. Choctaw, Mississippi, part of Pearl River Resort. They are now open. You can buy your season pass. You can reserve a cabana online. You can buy a pass online. Whether it's for a weekday, a weekend day, or an entire weekend, you got to check it out. Hundreds of ways to have fun. 15 different attractions at Geyser Falls. They've got food there. They've got the Lazy River. They've got the slides. They've got the wave pool. They've got it all. Geyser Falls, part of Pearl River Resort. You can buy your tickets online at geyserfalls.com. All right, time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer and do it today. So yesterday we talked a little about some uh, some Ole Miss recruiting, especially as it pertained to Zachary Franklin, the wide receiver transfer from Texas San Antonio, UTSA, the Roadrunners. And I know you guys talked about it on Friday a little bit. Big, this was was this Big Dog Camp weekend? Is that correct? Top Dog Camp. Top Dog. Top dog camp. I thought it was big dog. Who does big dog? It used dog? to be. Now, oh. It was big dog. Now it's top dog. They should have a lineman exclusive camp called big dog. I don't I don't hate that idea. Hmm. Who changed the name? Moorhead. What, like he just couldn't have a Dan Mullen thing and so he had to change it from whatever. Okay. I don't, I don't. I don't know the whys. I just know that what happened. Okay, so they had the top dog camp. Was it? Is that a one day deal or a weekend deal? Or it's a, it was a one day Thursday invite only camp. Okay, so it was on Thursday. Do under under the lights in that part mm-hmm. of it, the whole thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is an event that has through the years generally produced uh, a, an activity. A flurry of activity in terms of recruiting and commitments. Some years more so than others. 2014 was a big year for Mississippi State. 2023 appears as if it could be when it's all said and done. So there was the initial activity, and then there's been some subsequent activity. Please bring us up to speed. Sure. First off, I find it interesting, and you can hear more about this conversation on Thursdays. Thunder and Lightning podcast is when I talk to Michael Borky. We talk about the Egg Bowl and how Mississippi State has seemed to have stayed the path of traditional high school recruiting, and Ole Miss has gone the path of the portal and how they're different. 
And so for Mississippi State, you know, like I said, Ole Miss, we talked about the portal yesterday. Today we're going to talk about high school recruiting with Mississippi State. They've picked up four commitments since then, since the Thursday. Um, three of them are out in the public. One is, I don't, I don't quite understand the, the, the logistics behind it, but the kid's committed. He's just not going to make it public. And I used the quotation fingers when I said that Who until is the he? 18th. I think that's a, uh, his name is Traveris Banks. He's a four-star safety out of Tuscaloosa, Alabama, of all places, Ooh. and has got a, an offer sheet that includes a lot of the SEC, including Alabama. Now, you know, an Alabama offer in June, what is an Alabama offer in June? Does that mean the kid could call up and commit today? I have no idea. But he's committed to Mississippi State. You'll see a graphic on the 18th is what I was told. So happy okay. birthday to my daughter, Emily. You're getting a four-star safety. Uh, the other three kids. But Dad, I wanted a pony. It's not a pony. It's not the pony. Uh, anyway, uh, two out-of-state kids. If she wanted a uh, pony, sorry, would one you get her one? From, no, we don't have any space for a pony. Uh, no, we don't have pony space. So, uh, Offensive lineman out of Memphis, Tennessee, Luke Work. Interesting uh, recruiting profile. Not a very highly rated prospect. Only a, a composite 84 on 24-7. But he's an Army All-American. And that's usually a spot reserved for four- and five-star kids. So not really sure how that's going to work. I assume as the season goes along, perhaps his, his rating might go up uh, for him. Uh, and then the, the big commitment, both figuratively and literally, from ter- Thursday night was Terrence Hibbler. Um, Six-foot, three, 285-pound, four-star defensive tackle out of Holmes County Central High School there in Lexington. This is a tremendous, tremendous crop of defensive line talent in the state this year. Ole Miss already has a couple of four-star guys committed. Uh, now Mississippi State has one, uh, and they'll, they'll just battle it out for the rest of them. I think there's two or three more four-star defensive linemen in the state this year. Was so, Hibbler one of the names a, that was, was floating around with Ole Miss a couple of weeks ago? I don't believe so. Hibbler has uh, been a pr- pretty much a Mississippi State lean okay. throughout this. Uh, you know, uh, Beavers, Cameron Beavers, just committed to Ole Miss a few weeks Beavers ago. Beavers is who I was thinking, that who you're thinking of. Yes. That's who you're thinking of. Yeah, he's committed to Ole Miss uh, at this time. So uh, those were the guys who committed on Thursday night. Um, also on Thursday night, you had the linebacker out of uh, Winona, Fred Clark, better known as Fat Clark, which is an incredible nickname, especially if you're not a lineman. I don't know how a, a, a linebacker gets to be fat, Clark, but I'll take it. P-H? Um, he deco- Do I now? P-H-A-T? No, no. F-A-T? So not okay. fat like Cindy Crawford. Correct. Fat like Brian Haydad. Richard didn't get it. Oh, come on. No, he got it. He oh. got it, I think. I think he, I think he got it. Hey, Leonardo. Um, anyway, decommitted de- from Ole Miss on uh, Friday and yesterday made his commitment to Mississippi State official. It, w- it was kind of a, a just a, a waiting deal, you know. Getting one, one of the things that kids are doing these days, they got to wait for the graphic. Once they they got to have the graphic to decommit, so or to make the new commitment. So he got his graphic and committed mm-hmm. yesterday to Mississippi State. So state's recruiting classes jumped up from I I want to say it was in the fifties Wednesday, and now it's at twenty eight. Well, when they add Traveris Banks to the class officially on uh, the 18th, my guess is it will jump in closer to the top 20 uh, at that point, and then we'll just have to see where it goes from there. But this is the time of year that we know Mississippi State, this is the time of year they do their recruiting, right? This is where their class usually gets up between 16, 17 of their eventual 25 commitments, and that, that's just how it's gone in years past. It is interesting to see 
how you know we 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 talked on this show in this segment two weeks ago, two three weeks ago about how state had no recruiting momentum and Ole Miss had all the recruiting momentum. It feels like some of that has switched around. State made, a, from what I was told, uh, made big roads in with Braylon Burnside, the receiver from here in Starkville. Uh, P.J. Woodland, the cornerback from uh, Oak Grove, is a four-star kid. And there's, you know, and then the kid that everybody's kind of got their eye on right now is J.J. Harrell, the receiver out of uh, North Panola. He decommitted from Tennessee yesterday, and so now we have a good old-fashioned. Okay, uh, it's me. Oh, that startled me. I, 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 get, I get it. So anyway, anyway, I'm just giving you a little music, man. But, all right. Uh, we got a good old-fashioned Mexican standoff on the uh, the recruiting websites here because the state sites are all telling you that he's that kid's going to end up signing with state. The Ole Miss sites are saying he's going to end up signing with Ole Miss. Um, it's it's June sixth. We've got a long way See, to go before that. It's going to be a day. minute. This is one I, I expect to, to play out for a while. I, I don't. So think he's, he's probably going he to LSU. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I mean, you know, he decommitted yesterday. I don't expect a, a quick commitment. I expect that to, that to be a process. He'll take his visits and kind of go from there. Do you guys find yourself checking out of of this? Does he care about NIL? Oh, I think everybody cares to a certain degree about NIL, but. I'm sure that there will be NIL involved in his signing. I mean, you understand what I'm asking. I mean, like the, the conversations we've had about Mississippi State not allocating resources toward high school kids, and that's why I'm asking the question. Well, you, you have that, but then you have Wednesday night, uh, Charlie Winfield and the Bulldog Initiative tweeting out a graphic of all of the incoming football freshmen letting you know that they got their Bulldog Initiative deals. Okay. So maybe they're not allocating it towards football to unsigned seniors, but they are allocating it to true freshmen. Maybe that's that's the workaround that the Bulldog Initiative has come up with. Okay. What were you going to say, Borky? Well, up against a heartbreak, but I, I was wondering if you guys find yourself checking out on the concept of recruiting battles considering just the tumultuous nature of rosters anymore. When you've got kids signing in January and transferring out in April of the same year, it kind of feels like getting excited right. about recruiting is a little... Uh, yes, I do. If you're I a do. fan, it's still good to win those battles, though, one way or the other. Yeah. You, you, you want to get those moments in. Yeah, when there's like a flurry of news, I perk up and I read it, and then I move on and go, oh, we'll see if they end up. That's, that's it. That's how I feel about golf. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. market for a new vehicle, a car, a truck, an SUV, and you think a Ford or Toyota might be the way to go, then please let me direct you to my friends at Belk Ford Oxford Toyota on Highway 6 West in Oxford. You can visit them online at belkford.net to view the available inventory. Some good new financing options uh, have come out from Ford Credit. And finally, uh, on the Toyota lot, you've got... um, You've got some of the new Tundras in 
I mean, what a cool-looking truck as well. You can test drive those at Belkford and Oxford at Toyota, a place where they will treat you like family. I started doing business with them when I was 19, no, 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 17 years old. First vehicle I ever got came from there, and I think all but one since then have, and uh, pretty quickly got back into a Belk Ford. And it's because of relationships, you're dealing with good people, uh, great service department, they treat you like family when you walk through the door, and they'll absolutely give you the best deal that they can give you. They're not going to like beat around the bush and like you're going to have to go back and forth 15 different times to try and save $20 on your monthly payment. They're going to shoot straight with you. They're going to say, this is what we can do. This is what we can give you on your trade-in if you're trading something in. We're going to be real with you, and hopefully you can do business. You can trust them, and they can trust you, and you can move forward. Belt Ford, Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West, 447 Highway 6 West in Oxford, or find out uh, more about them online at BeltFord.net. 100 teams in 100 days. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Number 98 on the countdown of, no, no, not 98, 88. Team number 88 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. The Fresno State Bulldogs. Okay. Fresno State Bulldogs. When I when I mention Fresno State, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Is it a player? Is it a... What is it? David Carr. David okay. Carr. So David Carr. For me, it's the V on the helmet that always looks so out of place. You know, they play in the Valley, the Fresno Valley. The Valley. And I don't know, man. It's a, I just always thought that that was a, uh odd-looking deal on the uh, on the helmet for them. Yeah. I talked to a, a long time ago, years ago, I talked to a former... Uh, Ole Miss player, and I, mm-hmm. I just asked him about you know road games. So, what was the toughest place you played? And he said, not the toughest, but when we went to Fresno, this is what he said. He said, when we went to Fresno, we couldn't hear, and we were shocked by that. Really? Yeah. He was like, it was loud. He's like, we didn't expect to go there and it to be loud, but it was loud, and that was. Oh gosh, what was that? Twenty ten, the twenty ten season, I think, is I when they know. went there. It was a late kickoff, though. I think it was a 2010 season. Either way, but yeah, he was like, it was of all places, it was Fresno that surprised me the most. You know, the the thing with Fresno State football is they've been mostly good, but there have been some pockets of being really bad, like way down. Do you know Trent Dilfer was the quarterback at Fresno in 1993? Mm hmm. Yeah, Saints quarterback know. Derek Carr and Saints quarterback Jake Hayner both went to Fresno State. Wide receiver Devontae Adams played at uh, at Fresno. Um, Some guy named Aaron Judge was he good in college? Good enough, I guess. <laughs> good he is at a uh, you know he's on a pace by the way to uh, start chasing last season. And if they cut into college football games, you might see a riot on the headquarters in Bristol. I don't know. He's a uh, he's a star. So 
the head coaching thing is kind of interesting right now at Fresno State. So Jeff Tedford is the head coach again. So mm-hmm. Jeff Tedford kind of came back and, and restored things at Fresno State. They had, had fallen down a bit. Come at the former Cal Coach of the Year, like the, the 2006 Pac-10 Coach of the Year at, at Cal. Um, Kalen DeBoer was the head coach at Fresno State last two years ago. And then in 2017, 2018, and 2019, Jeff Tedford took over the reins. He's 10 and 4 in 2017, 12 and 2 in 2018. They took a step back in 2019. They were 4 and 8. And he stepped down. And Caleb DeBoer spent 2020, which is the COVID year, in 2021 as the head coach. And then he got the Washington job. And Fresno rehired Jeff Tedford. And they went 10 and 4 last year and finished 7 and 1 in the conference. Won the Mountain West, played in the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl, and won it. That was a good football team last year. Yeah, apparently, he cited health reasons for why he resigned for, for when he stepped down. Right? Yeah. And think about think about Jeff Tedford's quarterbacks. Just just through time. Okay, Trent Dilfer, sixth overall pick in the nineteen ninety four draft out of Fresno State. When he was at Oregon. Akili Smith, third overall pick, 1999. Joey Harrington, third overall pick, 2002. In his time at Cal, Kyle Bowler. Mm-hmm. Now, I know it didn't really work out in the NFL for Kyle Bowler, but he was the 19th pick in the 2003 draft. First round pick, though, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, 24th pick, 2005 draft. He coached Billy Volick in the NFL. And it coached him in college, coached A.J. Feely. He recruited Jared Goff to Cal before he was like, I mean, this guy is, his quarterback legacy is big time. And then, you know, for what it's worth, the aforementioned Jake Hayner, I know he's not a household name, great college quarterback. The Saints drafted him. That's another one of his, too. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the touch with it when it comes to quarterbacks. I mean, right, so, Hainer threw for 9,000 yards, 68 touchdowns, and 18 picks in college. <laughs> you know? It's not bad. It's, uh, it's, it's Guy's not a bad. quarterback whisperer, apparently. Yeah. He's had some, uh, he's had some really good ones. All right, so, uh, hey, Dave, give me a famous alum for Fresno. Ooh. You have a good one? It's tough. Like, outside of sports, there really isn't. Oh, there's got to be one. So, like, the number one person outside of sports is Marcus Garvey, who was the, uh, I'm not going to say on the air the name of this organization, but it was a, an organization that was uh, for the, uh, the betterment of minority communities. We'll say that. He's, number, he's, number, he's the number three alum. Have you ever heard of Marcus Garvey? I have not. I don't guess so. so have you ever heard of... Joe Odagiri, who is a Japanese actor, or Daniel Silva, American journalist and author of thriller and spy novels. I've heard of none of these people, so not a, not a great list. 
Didn't Lane Kiffin go there? Can we give it to him? All right, then. Astronaut Lane Kiffin. Husband went there. Yeah. I don't know a lot of astronauts. He, um, Brick Husband was, Wait, was killed Garvey, in the who, Columbia uh, explosion. Astronaut there went to Fresno State. Okay, so I, maybe I won't go through the Marcus Garvey thing either. Yeah, yeah, you probably shouldn't. It's just kind of slippery, or could be. Yes, that's my point. Yeah, yeah. He wanted everyone to return to the homeland. That would That would be a good way to put it. Uh, Fresno opens at Purdue on September 2nd. Then they uh, they have Eastern Washington at home. And then they go to Tempe to take on Arizona State. And then they've got Kent State at home. Nevada at Wyoming at Utah State, UNLV. Boise State, that's a home game in November. And then they finish it up at San Jose State and New Mexico at home and at San Diego State. That at San Diego State game could be big for them on the 25th of November, final game of the regular season. That could be like a conference title thing. True or false, in five years, Fresno State is currently playing, or is playing in the conference that they currently are in, in five years. True. False. Yeah, I'm, I'm going true you on that. You think Mountain West? I mean, assuming the Mountain West continues to exist. That's my point. That's why I say false. Okay. Got to replace Jay Kaner. I don't know. I mean, good grief. Where are the teams that get left behind when Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah leave going to go? I mean, they're going to be part of the Mountain West, aren't they? We'll be back. Devices. Sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome again to Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the uh, home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. So, Borky, you um, there, there's a streaming service that is drawing you back in. Yeah, uh, I cannot wait for this. Uh, but so you you had canceled your Netflix subscription? So I, I've started to do something more economical. I'm only subscribing to the services when I know a show came out that I want to watch instead of just owning subscriptions to Netflix and Hulu. Well, I have Hulu for television, but Netflix and HBO and all this stuff, right? Apple TV Plus. I just okay. subscribe when I want to watch a show. So I don't have one on Netflix right now. So you'll pay twelve bucks instead of twelve bucks a month for twelve months. Exactly. Um, this one has grabbed my attention. There's going to be a documentary on Florida football, but not the advent of Gatorade, 
and not celebrating Will Muschamp's SEC East Championship. No, the the documentary about the Florida Gators that you want to watch. Head ball coach? Not head ball coach. Not Jim McElwain's weird exit where he said he was getting death threats and then they asked him to present them and then he couldn't, so they fired him. Muschamp never won the East. Just no, he, he won 11 games but didn't win the East. That's right. Okay. Either way. Is this going to be Aaron Hernandez? This is. They're calling it Swamp Kings. It's going to be released in August, August 23rd, right before the season begins. The same people that did the uh, the Manti Teo documentary, uh, the NBA betting scandal from 2007, uh, Malice at the Palace, those people. So stuff that they covered that yeah. they didn't uh, pull any punches on. Aaron Hernandez, Florida football, during that time. So Tebow, Riley, Cooper, what, two players now on that team have, have, you know, Hernandez is is dead now, but another is now in prison for murder. Uh, All of it is what this documentary is going to be about, those Florida teams. Just incredibly interesting college players who had bad reputation. Percy Harvin, the Pounceys. Brandon Spikes. I mean, these are all guys that, you know, this is going to be an incredibly interesting documentary. I I, I am with Borky on this, and it should be incredible to watch. I'm interested. One thing, obviously, I'm interested in is, do they talk to Mullen? Is Mullen featured in this? How much is he involved? I'm interested to know that. Think about the dichotomy of those teams, though. On, On one end of the spectrum, you had those guys. And on the other end of the spectrum, you had Tim Tebow. The ultimate choir boy. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, don't, I think it was real with, with him. I and mean, there are people that think fake. You know, uh, well, think whatever you want to think. But, I mean, I think it was real with Tebow. I, I think I've told this story before. I, um, I know a guy that dated a girl that dated Tebow. So, you know, it's grapevine stuff. But she said that he was exactly who you thought he was. But she said dating him was a chore because it'd be like lunch on Tuesday, and then the rest of the week he was booked. And so she didn't like get to have like a real like boyfriend in Tim Tebow, but she said he was exactly who you who he hmm. presents himself to the public is who he is. I to say, you, have, as well. you have to clarify what you said because when you say Tim Tebow is exactly who you think he is, that could mean two different things. Right, true. Depending on who he, he is the person that he presents publicly, she said he is that person privately as well. The the, the guy that that works with the special needs children for their prom nights and is very open to talking about his faith publicly and a hard worker and you know. Yeah. All all that stuff. The good guy stuff. The good guy stuff. That that and for a lot of people, seemed too real to be true, or too good to be true, and therefore it made him fake or whatever. And people, you know, always want to tear somebody down. Whatever. Okay. Somebody on the text line makes a good point. Cam Newton was on these Florida teams. I mean, just th- this synopsis, just reading this synopsis is is crazy, if you don't mind. Um, after the national championship, star quarterback Tim Tebow took over and went on. This is all the stuff they're going to cover. Uh, to have one of the most successful careers in school history, won the Heisman in 07, guided the team to the national championship in 08. The 2009 season featured an unbeaten regular season. Here's where it gets funny. All right, if that's the word you want to describe it. But the start of the dynasty started collapsing 
occurred after that when star defensive end Carlos Dunlop was arrested for falling asleep behind the wheel after drinking just ahead of the 2009 SEC championship game. He was suspended for the game. Alabama won, and the Nick Saban dynasty was set off. Meyer would then briefly retire, setting the stage for his parting of ways one year later. His tenure was marred by numerous off-the-field incidents with Florida's arrest totals, popular fodder for rival message boards. Two players from that era would later be connected to murders, with Aaron Hernandez famously convicted of the murder of Odin Lloyd and safety Tony Joyner recently reaching a plea deal after being charged with the murder of his wife. They are going to cover, based on their previous work, all of that. And if I'm a Florida fan, I'm not looking forward to it. If they do it right, and and what's interesting is you've heard so many rumors, right, about Urban Meyer and the way he handled all that, right? And that's all that's all it's been is just rumors, right? Like this player got away with this or they covered this up and all that. If there is any truth to any of that, it will be in there. What about the other off-the-field stuff with Urban Meyer that was going on while he was in Florida? If they're doing it right, Chelsea. it will be in there. So this should be a. I mean, are they going to have the scene in the front? Football. Are, they, are they putting the scene in the front yard of the fraternity house in there? I am unfamiliar. Off to Google. I don't know. Yeah. Yep, we will be Googling that. Allegedly, there was a fraternity boy at Florida that was, well, whatever. None too pleased with the coach. Maybe it's not floating around online. That may be one of those somebody just told me the story. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, so we got that coming up in August. That'll get you ready for the uh, for the football season, huh? That gets released, and then what is it? Is it five days later the season begins? What, what day is week zero? 24th? The next day week zero begins? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. No, it's 26th. The Friday. Yeah. It's the 26th. So that Wednesday, we get so you, this you start documentary. Watching and then you go to week zero games. About the Urban Meyer Florida Gators that had incredible teams, one of the greatest players of all time, and also Aaron Hernandez. And then three days later, football begins. How many parts is this documentary, do they say? Does not say. Or is it just going to be like a you know three hour movie? I think it'll. Sure, that's not. That's, can't be two, three hours. Oh, that's, I mean, that's not, not enough, enough time. time. Hmm. Unless they just dive right into the scandal. Like, hey, the team was good, but they did this. What um, Is there another story that you'd like to be see told by these guys? Ooh. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, college football is full of great stories like this. So Yeah, but scandalous stories. What what would be the next? Like, one? Like a, like I mean, a, we've seen we've, an oral history we've of seen the pony excess. Yeah, we. Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing the whole like the Albert Means recruitment and, and all that. That would be interesting. You know, Fulmer yeah. going getting subpoenaed at SEC media or not showing up at SEC media days to avoid being subpoenaed, and then you know, uh, was it was it Logan Young? Was that his name? The booster and his involvement, and he you know, 
all that. That'd be, that would be an interesting one for me. One day somebody's going to do it was, one honestly, on Hugh Freeze. I mean, uh, somebody's going to do a real the one freeze on Hugh Freeze. And what happened at Ole Miss would definitely be one. You know, even me aside, the average college football fan would be interested to watch that. I think Logan Young was the Alabama booster, and Roy Adams was the Tennessee booster, right? Yes, ten stud. Yes, Roy Adams was ten <laughs> stud, and then yeah, man, the, it, and they were both tied to Memphis, weren't they? Yeah, those were both Memphis yeah, guys. That's where Albert Means was from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memphis has had some uh, some college football characters through the uh, through the years, no doubt. Sports up oh, yeah, Mississippi, playing uh, stuff like that. What's a story that hasn't been told yet? And and, and by hasn't been told, I mean there's a book that I want to write or that I think should have been written. I'm never going to do it because I don't have the patience to write a book. But I want to read the book, Writers in the Sky, that tells the story of the pre-SEC media days when there was an airplane that carried a bunch of sports writers from campus to campus to campus to do preseason football interviews. It was like the old school SEC sports writers, and apparently it turned into like this drunken, debaucherous, you know, they one city to the next, and they're going in and they're getting the stories. One tap in the sky, let's go. Yes, yes, that uh, apparently, that, that that is a book that needs to be written that, I don't know how many of those writers are left at this point. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll be right back. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. That's a you problem, hey, Dad. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Father's Day is coming up. It is uh, a week from this Sunday. And if you're trying to figure out the perfect gift for Dad, may we offer a suggestion? Genteel? Perhaps Genteel, yeah. genteelapparel.com. So there are a bunch of different directions you can go here. So you're just going low-key. know you got a vacation coming up. I uh, know you're going to be hanging out by the pool or cooking out a lot this summer, going to the pool, whatever it is. Try the swimming trunks and, and grab one of their, like, short-sleeve or long-sleeve activewear tops. Just super casual. Make a great, fun Father's Day. Dad likes to play golf, grab a couple of golf shirts. And I would encourage you, like, I have never enjoyed a piece of, uh, like, a type of clothing more than I have enjoyed the shorts from Genteel. They have the best shorts I have ever worn, period, and it's not close. They're lightweight, 
They got a little bit of stretch to them. They look good. They're comfortable. Bunch of color options. Just try them. And they run about half a size big, just FYI. So, like, I wear a 35 in pants, but a 34 in the shorts. So, if you're trying to figure out how to order the shorts from a size guide standpoint, that's you. Or you just do golf shirts or pullovers, or you can think ahead to football season, knowing that it's going to be warm, and go to the uh, collegiate collection and uh, grab the team of your choice and uh, and get their get their stuff and uh, maybe grab a couple of golf shirts for the the fall. Uh, great ideas for Father's Day. And if you order online at gentilapparel.com. You can get 10% off your first order simply by entering your email address. That's genteelapparel.com. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. So, Father, good Father's Day, wouldn't it, guys? We, we on, we're on board Absolutely. with that, right? Okay. Just, uh, 100%. Making, uh, making sure. Um, <laughs> Dwayne and Brandon said, Richard, you told me to remind you, don't forget a shirt giveaway. Father's Day would be a great time. Dwayne, I said we were going to give away a couple of Genteel shirts before the start of football season. Father's Day is before the start of football season. I'm just it is pointing that out. It is. When should we start daily numbers? By the way, oh, is that now? Now, daily Come on, numbers. Let's get a little closer. Where it's start of to high school, college. Camp. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mandatory OTAs started today, right? Oh, they've been going on. No, mandatory oh, ones yeah. haven't. Yeah. So. I don't know, Borky, I can't keep the up first, with numbers. What, you well, like what's the first thing that pops up? What's the first thing that pops up on the calendar? Saints training camp? Yes. Or state, state and Ole Miss I, I believe camp. the NFL begins first because of preseason games. So why don't we get, when we get 20, when we get three weeks ahead of that, that's when we start. Good. So 21 days being our smallest number. All right. Good yes. to know. Is there not a finals game tonight in the NBA? Miami evened it up. I know that. Yeah, I know. yeah they did. It's, it's yeah. tomorrow, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's tomorrow. It's 1-1. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Kendrick Perkins today, who uh, just a few weeks ago, maybe longer than that, the playoffs are forever, said that um, the only reason why – the Joker was getting MVP votes was because of uh, his appearance. Now said ESPN <laughs> does not do a good enough job of promoting the Denver Nuggets. Same guy, same thoughts, same season. So, seemingly not very smart. Conflicting. Uh, I, I think. Have you gotten your offer yet? From uh, I, I know Borky said he got his from Fox Sports to take on Skip Bayless on a daily basis. Are you headed I mean, to uh, undisputed? I, I'm not going to say that there's not a number. It's a high number, though, isn't it? But it would be a big one to to work with that guy every day. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be a and and to move to Los Angeles, it'd be a real yeah. big one. It'll wake up at three yeah. o'clock in the morning. I think they send somebody to pick them up. You know, the whole waking up thing, that's less of a big deal. I've just discovered I apparently I don't have to sleep anymore. You know, whatever. So uh, Yeah. Hey, no yeah, fun. If, you, if you're if you, if your work day is done by nine, you know, getting up by three isn't a big issue. You got the rest of the day yourself, you can go to bed whenever you want, you're good. Yeah. No gallo for me in the morning. It was only a two day stint. I think I was fired. It's okay. 
It's okay. You were I'll too sleep. left-leaning. They were just like, we can't have that guy. I don't know. That's, that's possible. <laughs> uh, but, no, I will, I will not be waking up at 440 tomorrow morning. But, Very uh, good. Or, or at least that's not the plan. Thanks for being with us. Enjoy your Tuesday evening. For Michael Borky and Brian Hayden, I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Good night. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWGEmployerServices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.